preach on a subject I entitled, Am I in love with Delilah? It's a question. Am I in love with Delilah? It's a, someone say, it's a question. Hallelujah. Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. Am I in love with Delilah? Hmm. Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went in to her. And when the Gazites were told Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night, saying, In the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. When then he arose at midnight and took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two, the two um, gate posts, pulled them up, bar and all, and put them on his shoulder and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Afterwards, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies and by what means we, have, we, can, we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. Every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies. And with what we, you may be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I'll become weak and be like any other man. So the lords of the Philistines brought this to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. And now the men were lying in wait, saying with, staying with her in the room. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke the strong bowstrings as a strand of yarn break, as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. Then Delilah said to Samson, look, you have mocked me and you have told me lies. Now tell me what you may be bound with. So he said to her, if they bind me securely with new ropes at, that had not been used, then I may become weak as any other man. Then Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And the men were lying and were staying in the room, but he broke them off his arm like a thread. And then Delilah said, until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. And he said, this guy is some way. And he said to her, if, they, if you weave my seven locks of my hair into a web of, a, of the loom, and she, she wove it tightly and with a button of, of the loom and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, but he woke up from his sleep and pulled the button and the web from his loom. 
Then she said to him, how can you say you, I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and you have told me, you have not told me where the grace, your grace strength lies. And it came to pass when she pestered him, somebody say pestered him, pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his, his soul was vexed to death that he told her all, the, all his heart and said, No razor has come upon my head, for I am, I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I will become weak and be like any other man. Then Delilah saw that, when Delilah saw that he had told her all that was in her, his heart, she went and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up at once, come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. She lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for them for a man and had him shaved off the seven dread the seven locks of his head. I was about to say dreadlocks. Then she, she began to torment him and his strength left him. So he said, the Philistines are upon you. So he woke up from his sleep and said, I'll go as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. Am I in love with Delilah? Am I in love? Ask somebody, am I in love with Delilah? If I ask them, are you in love with Delilah? Now, when we read the scripture, most of the time we think that Delilah is a woman, a prostitute. Uh, a two-timer. But I want you to know that Delilah can also be a man. Right. Are you with me? Delilah is just a name. You, you can take the name off and put any... In fact, Delilah represents a character. And that's a character we are going to be dealing with or we are going to be talking about. You know, in life, the greatest accomplishment we can have as human beings is to help somebody achieve what God has purposed for them to achieve in life. Am I making sense to somebody? The greatest, the greatest accomplishment you can have is to enable somebody become all that God has called them and destined them to become. Are you with me? And also, the, the ultimate destiny in life has a lot to do with who you associate yourself with. Amen. I said the, the ultimate, you will go further or faster, depending on who you associate yourself with. Or you may never accomplish the purpose of God for your life if you accomplish, associate yourself with the wrong people. Am I making sense? Hello? Are you alive this morning? Come on, get up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Amen. Am I in love with Delilah? Now, let's rehearse the story. The Bible says that 
Samson was a guy, he was supposed to be a judge of Israel. He was supposed to be a deliverer from, of Israel from their oppressors. And at the time, the main oppressors were the Philistines. And God had called him, and God had anointed him with unusual strength. In fact, when you read the story, you can see that uh, Samson was not a Hercules. He was not a giant. He was not like uh, Goliath. But if he was Goliath and was big, then his strength would not have been questioned. Am I making sense? It would be, be obvious that because of his strength and his size and everything, he is strong. But here is a person who is an ordinary looking person. But the anointing of God enabled him to do superordinary things. Are you learning a lesson there? When you are anointed, you can do things that ordinary people cannot do. And this guy was so anointed that he was doing extraordinary things that made the people question and made them, him become a, 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 a thorn in their side. Because of something, they could not harass the, the Jews like they wanted to. And the other thing that we have to learn about this story is that Samson had a weakness. And his weakness was not necessarily towards women, but towards prostitutes. Hello? His weakness was towards prostitutes. You read from verse 1 to verse 3, it tells you that he had been with a couple of prostitutes. He started with one prostitute, in Hebron, and another prostitute somewhere else. Are you with me? And all the time they tried, you see, they tried to get at his source of power. You see, when you double with sin, sin can steal your anointing. Hello? Yep. I said, when you double with sin, sin is a thief of the anointing. I don't care how powerful you are. I don't care how great you are. In whatever you are doing, the anointing makes you do it better. And sin will take it away from you. Hello? I remember a guy who was one of the greatest keyboard players in his generation. A young man. I mean, when I say greatest keyboard players, if I mention his name now, I'm sure... Most people in this room will know his name. Young man. Very, very gifted. Very anointed. In fact, almost all the big, big band and big, big stars of this world wanted to use this man's gift. Hello. This man was born in a little village in Ghana. Are you surprised? And he was very, very skillful that, I mean, people would come, travel all the way to Africa and take him to the ends of the world for tours and everything. But he, at a point, like Samson, he started to dabble in things that stole that anointing or that gift. In, at the end of his story, he was a beggar on the streets of Accra and died a very miserable death. 
You see, when you are gifted and anointed for a purpose and for something, don't double or play with sin. You can see that Samson was always casual and playful about the, the person who was appointed to destroy him. Are you with me? How do you play with somebody who has told you, how can you be bound? How can I destroy you? How can I destroy you? Show me how I can destroy you. Help me, help me destroy you. And, and, and he was playing with it until he was actually destroyed. Hallelujah. Another thing that I want you to understand about this story was the woman, Delilah. The Bible says that, I, I mean, this morning I read the story again. And this is the question that came into my mind. They said, the lords of the Philistines came and said to her that if you are able to accomplish this task of finding out the secret to the source of the strength of Samson, we will each give you 100,000 pieces pieces of silver. That's 1,100 pieces of silver. If Jesus was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, and the uh, lords, you see, I was wondering, my question was, how many of the lords came? Nobody told us how many of the lords came. But if the uh, traditions of that, the time is used, the tradition of the times, 12 represents government. So if you say that uh, lords are coming, means that they are governors who govern. And if that is true, then I can... Uh, it's not in the Bible, but I can surmise that it's about 12 of them. So 12 times 1,100 gives you how much? Oh, you are not right. Prince, are you here? (laughs) Give me the answer quickly. Oh. Ah. 11 times 12. 11, 1, 11. 11, 2. <laughs> okay, okay. You, you fight amongst yourself. You fight. <laughs> you see, the people we choose to be connected to can either propel us forward or can hinder our destiny. You see, if you ask the question, am I in love with Delilah? I want you to rephrase the question. Am I related or connected with somebody who's going to propel me towards my destiny or somebody who's going to hinder me from my destiny? Because Delilah is just a, a woman who prevented Samson from accomplishing what God wanted him to accomplish. Amen. So you see, the person that you are associated with, the person who you are friends with, the person who is your, 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 your ride or die, the person who is your wife or your husband, are they propelling you to where God has called you or are they trying to get you away from where God has called you? If they are, then they are Delilah. I didn't say it. Don't look at me that way. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because... If the person is not making you go to where God wants you to go in life, 
and they want to change your destiny. In fact, some, some people, what they want to do is they, they want to, to divert your destiny so that instead of you being here, they want you to be there. And you know that when you shift from where God has called you, you will never accom become accomplished. Are you with me? All of us, all of us in this room, we have a purpose and a destiny. We have something that we can, God has called us. Or if you like, there is a question in the world that God has called only you to answer. And in your answer to that question lies your, great, your greatness. Hello? When you answer that question, you become great. If you are not able to answer that question, you will not become great. You may go and answer another question that, you have not, that has not been set for you to answer. But that will not make you become what God has purposed for you to become. Because if the, answer, the question that you have been called to answer is here, when you answer it, the spotlight is on you. You become great. But if you go and say that, no, I would rather go and do this question. There's no spotlight here. Hello? So you end up, may I have answered the question, but that was not a question for you. Hallelujah. You know, Samson, if Samson had remained in his hometown, in his country, he would have been one of the success, most successful judges that ever lived. Amen. But because of the flesh and the, 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 the weakness for the flesh and the habits, the bad habits that he had, it moved him from where he was supposed to be and relocated him to the play arms of Delilah. Remember, he had been sleeping on the laps of other women and gotten away with it. Until he went to lie on the lap a of a certain woman. A and that was what caused his death. Uh, are you getting what I'm saying? You, you may do some things and get away with it. Right. It doesn't mean that you get away with it all the time. You may have gotten away with the first one. You may have gotten away with the second one. But the third one may be your last. Hmm. Hallelujah. Am, am I talking to somebody? So be very, very careful. Is the person that you are in relation with, are they causing you to fulfill God's destiny or are they causing you to divert and become something else? Am I in love with Delilah? Am I in love with the right person or am I in love with the wrong person? See, some of us may have married Delilah. Oh, why are you laughing? Why? You are spoiling my now. I'm gonna have to go and hide. <laughs> and some of us, we ourselves may be Delilah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I am telling you so that from today, because Delilah can be your wife or your husband. Your your your, your yourself, you yourself you can be Delilah on a certain day. Are you with me? So so when your, your, your spouse or the person close to you is suggesting something, from today, let this message ring in your head and ask them, um, is Delilah talking? 
Because Delilah can speak through your wife any day. Your wife is not Delilah, but on occasions, Delilah can speak through your wife. Delilah can speak through your husband on occasion. Remember Peter. On one occasion, God spoke through him. Thou art the son of God. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. It is only God that has revealed it. The next minute, Delilah was talking through. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if, if Peter, if Jesus had listened to Peter, Peter would have been Delilah in Jesus' life. And Jesus would not have fulfilled his purpose in life because he would have followed Delilah or he would have followed Peter and not go to the cross. He would have gone and said, because it's far from you, Lord, that you will go and be crucified. How can you, you are the son of God. How can the son of God go and hang naked on the cross? I will let him, over my dead body, it won't happen. When you have somebody saying that over my dead body, you will not achieve and accomplish the purpose of God for your life. That is Delilah right there. Amen. Can you imagine? Who are you? How dare you say that you are going to stop God's purpose from being accomplished in someone's life? Just because you are married to the person. How dare you? Being married to the person does not warrant you being a Delilah in the person's life. Remember the Bible says and he married a woman of the Philistines. So he was married to. In fact, his parents were not happy. Said, this is the woman I want. Amen. Oh, I say amen. If you find yourself in the midst of a relationship in which you are being manipulated and used, if you find yourself in a situation which you are being played or abused, then ask yourself, am I in love with Delilah? Can I give you about two or three signs or characteristics of the person who might be Delilah in your life? Or whether you are Delilah in someone's life? Because that can also happen. Amen. If the person you are connected to or connected with is guided by greed, guided by greed or selfishness, do you know that Delilah was not in love with Samson? Samson was in love with Delilah, but Delilah was not in love with Samson. Samson was in love with money. Sorry, Delilah was in love with money. Delilah was, Delilah was being uh, propelled by money and riches. It had nothing to do with her love for Samson. It's amazing that there are people in life who would be attached to you not because they really like you, but because they want to free ride on you to get to where they want to go. Hallelujah. You know, some time ago, I thought that it was women alone who could do that. Some time ago. But I realized that's not true. Do you get it? Because 
I, I, was, I, I was wondering, when I was young, I was wondering, how can a man marry somebody they don't love? Most men will marry because they love the person. Are you with me? But, you know, I've heard a lot of stories where women marry, not because they love the person, but because the man is rich. You know, the, the area that I lived in, the area that I lived in when I was younger, it was one of the richest areas in the city. And so, you have a lot, in fact, everybody in the place is a person of a certain wealth. Are you with me? And I can tell you story after story. I can walk you through the area and point at houses as we walk where the maidservant became the madam. And I'm not telling you one house, two houses, three houses. I'm telling you, I can walk you through the, the place. This house, this was the madam, and this was the maidservant. The maidservant came and then slept with the, the, the and overthrew, overthrew the, the madam. And then I'll take, take you to this house. This house too, there was a man. I remember, as I'm talking to you, I, I remember, at least I remember about three houses on the same street. Three houses on the same street. One of them, this man was a white man, married to a, a, a Ghanaian lady. And this woman went to bring a cousin from the village to be a maidservant. Now that cousin <laughs> went to a certain part of the, the, the country and went to collect some charms and came to charm this man. I'm not telling you a story. I'm telling you something that I have lived through because the, friend, the, the children were my friends. We used to play in that house. You know, in, back then, we used to, as children, we were all children of a certain age. And we decided today we are playing in this house. The next day we are playing in this house. The next day we are playing in that house. Wherever house we go to play, when it's lunchtime, they will call us in and we eat. So it was something that was normal. Are you with me? When we go to this side too, they will call us in, we eat, and then... So it was a place that I used to go all the time. We used to eat there. So I'm telling you something I really know. And this May servant was the one who used to organize the food for us. One day the May servant had become the madam. And the mother had been thrown away with the children. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. How many know of stories like that? Yeah, plenty. And you see, if you are not careful, you can be Delilah. Are you with me? What is influencing your relationship with this person? Are you in a place to help them or are you in a place to free ride? See, we have symbiotic relationship. We have parasitic relationship. And we have, what, what is the other one, the third one? Mutual What's that? Commensalism, that's the word I was looking for. Commensalism. Some of, some of us are medical people. We done biology. Yeah. And then some have mutual exclusive. None of us are gaining, but we are in it. 
Yes, so the, the parasitic relationship, I am gaining. That's mosquito. I am with you, but I'm gaining. I'm a parasite. <laughs> Listen, if you are in this room and listening to the sound of my voice, if you are a parasite in any relationship, please come out of that relationship. If only you are gaining in that relationship and nobody else, the, the person is being uh, uh, destroyed because of you, come out of it. Because you see, at the end of the day, Delilah dies with Samson. That's the end of the story. Every Delilah would die with her Samson. It's not as if you will get away with it. You will never get away with it. Amen. And then you have the symbiotic relationship. I give, you give. I give, you give. Therefore shall a man be joined together with his wife and the two shall become one flesh. And they will both gain and achieve the purpose of God for their lives. Then you have the commensalism where... Amen. But I'm talking about Delilah. Delilah is here only to get. You see, Peter was thinking about his stomach when he was telling Jesus, don't go to the cross. We need you around. Because Jesus, in case you are not you are not aware, I have left my fishing business, and now you are my business. You are the only reason why I'm alive today. I have family to take care of. So if you say Jesus that you are going to die, my mother-in-law is waiting. Die for me to eat what? You are the one that gives me as bread to eat, and you say you are going to die. What will become of us? So the advice that uh, Peter was giving was not because he loved Jesus. He was thinking about it. See, when somebody is giving you advice, even when they are close to you, ask yourself, is this advice from Peter or from, from Delilah or from... What is the motive? Why are you giving me this advice? It sounds nice, but why are you giving me this advice? What is in it for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is losing here? So you see, the characteristics of a relationship that is, has Delilah in it is when you don't gain, but Delilah gains. How many have been in some relationship with Delilah? Give me Once a wave. Upon a Once upon a time. You're in a relationship with somebody who was gaining, but you didn't gain. I, I used to I used to share my provisions with, with this guy in school. I mean, this guy is essentially my brother. We went from the same primary school to the same secondary school. We were together all the time. We lived in the same neighborhood. In fact, he used to eat in my house. When I left Ghana to the UK, he moved from his father's house into my house. That's how close we were. Are you thinking? At the time, he was living with his stepmother. The same type of situation I was talking about earlier. And so, the mother had been kicked out of the house. And the children were now with a, the stepmother. Okay? And this guy will come to school. Maybe if I have 15 cans of whatever... He comes with about three. 
Are you with me? And then it was okay because he's my brother. So bring your tray, add to my 15, and let's share the box together. Which was, I was fine with it. He, he'll bring about maybe uh, four, and then two, and one. And I'll bring about 15, I'll bring about 18, and then we'll add it. So the box was, we had two big boxes full of food. And see, where our um, classroom is, is far from where our dormitory is. You've got to walk a fair distance. What I did not know was that anytime we close from school, normally I hang around for a little while, and then after we all come down to the dormitory, we come down, we come and make lunch, and then we eat. What I didn't know is that he would run before the lesson finishes and come to the box and prepare food and eat it quickly before I come and then prepare food and then we both eat. And my, my roommates knew about this thing because this had been going on for a long time but nobody dared tell me. Until one day, he hurried, hurriedly came down. He started to organize the food. And as he was organizing the food, I don't know what happened. His hand touched the thing and the food fell down and scattered all over. And in his haste to try and clean up, he broke a plate or something funny. And by the time he was organizing to try and clean up, I had arrived. So as I arrived, then the whole room started, hey, hey, I got to, one day for, every day for thief, one day for the master. <laughs> so as they were talking, and then they started telling, oh, this guy has been doing this all the time. So I said to him, you brought three. Take your three. <laughs> you brought two. Take your two. You brought one. Take your one. Assuming that all that we have eaten up to this point is mine. Take your things and leave this box. The guy had never been as hungry. <laughs> yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. He was living on me. He was living on me. And not, not only, he was not content to live on me. He was living more than me. And he was very surprised that day. I gave him his three and his two and one. And I, I bought a new padlock, changed my lock. Yeah. He was very surprised. Like, then you come, oh, so are you angry with me? No, I'm not angry with you. No, this is not about anger. This is about principle. If you are going to do this, then I'm telling that particular I went back home with a lot, of, a lot more food. <laughs> Let me finish. Number two characteristic of the second characteristic of, of Delilah that I want you to know is that Delilah exhibits fake feelings. <laughs> oh, look at verse 10. Verse 10. Let's look at verse 10 again. That's uh, Judges 16.10. Quickly. Then Delilah said something. Look at how you've mocked me and told me lies. 
Now, please tell me what you may be bound with. Look at verse 13. Again, verse 13. Delilah said something, until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what may, you may be bound with. Look at verse 15. Then she said, how can you say you love me when you, your heart is not with me? You, Delilah, is your heart with me? You have mocked me these three times. Fake feelings. They'll be crying. They'll be crying. You don't love me. You don't love me. If you love me, you do what I want you to do. Why should I do what you want me to do? If you love me, you sleep with me. No, I can't sleep with you. Are you with me? If somebody is using fake tears, uh, yesterday I was saying that witchcraft is when somebody uses their feelings to control you, to manipulate you. They, that's a witch right there. They are anger. They are this. They are that. They are that. Because I'm angry. You won't do this for me. I won't give you sex. You won't do it for me. I won't cook for you. You won't do this. I won't give you money. That is Delilah. Trying to manipulate with their feeling, their fake feelings to get you to do something. The third one, it was this, if you say you love me, prove it. That is what he's saying. If you love me, prove it. How can you say you love me when your heart is not with me? If your heart is with me, you tell me the secret to your, your, your strength. Why should I tell the secret to my strength? What would that add to your life? Am I married to... Delilah. Sorry? The third one, number three. So number two is what? Exhibit fake feeling. Let me give you the last one for today. Have you learned something? <laughs> number three. When Delilah uses your weakness to wound you, Verse 8. Go to verse 8. When Delilah uses your weakness. Your weakness may be because of her beauty. Her beauty, her smile just weakens you. So the lots of the Philistines brought up seven fresh bowstrings, not dried, and bound him with it. Next verse. Now the men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room. Can you imagine how many men were in the room <laughs> with, with something something didn't know? Mercy. And she said to him, the Philistines are upon you. He broke this, the read on God, the bowstrings and tied to fire. Okay, go on, read on. Then Delilah, look, you have mocked me, told me lies. Please tell me. You know, Delilah, something, something was used, was used to being needed. That was his weakness. Sometimes when somebody likes a lot of women, it's not because of necessarily because of sex. Sometimes it's because of oh that oh daddy oh love you oh, that that thing, you know that is what is making him weak. Yes, and the fondling and the uh, you know that care, that supposed care is what. He was yearning for. 
Because remember, his parents married for him in his home country. And he said, no, I don't like it. Then he left his parents and traveled to just go and be with women who would just fondle him. That was his weakness. Are you getting what I'm saying? Be careful about your weakness. I say be careful about your weakness. Because if Satan was going to use, going to get you, he's going to use your weakness. In First uh, Peter four eight, it says, and Satan, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. What that scripture is saying is that he's looking for weak, weak openings. We used to have a game where you hold each other's arms, isn't it? And then there's a jack in the middle, isn't it? And then when, normally when you see the younger, the, the smaller or the skinnier uh, kid who is holding the, the child, that is a weak link right now. So you go back and then you run and, and you break the, the link and run out. Isn't that what? Yeah. So that is, if you see that game, that is what Satan is doing. <laughs> Satan is looking. He's going, where is the weak link? Where is your weak, where is your weak spot? Where is your weak spot? He is looking for your weak spot to use against you. Hallelujah. Because see, he's, if, you, if you read the story, you see that every time he will tie his, his, his hair and put him on her lap. Something likes a lot of laps. His weakness is the lap of a, putting his head on the lap of a woman. 